Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, to fellowship you, Father. We pray for open hearts and open minds, Father, as your word goes forth, it will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do, and we give you the praise and honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So Crystal didn't approve the joke, so I'm glad she left. Um, she, you know, she went to Little People's Church. Um, so this old guy went to the doctor, this old Irish guy went to the doctor, and, and the doctor said, I don't know how to tell you this, but you got like two to four weeks to live, you got cancer, and it's bad. So the guy walked out into the waiting room, and there was his son, and he said, what did he say, Dad? And he said, well, you know, we're Irish. We celebrate when it's good, and we celebrate when it's bad. We're going to go celebrate. We got, I got two to four weeks to live. I got cancer. So they went to the local pub, and they bellied up to the bar, and they were having drinks. And some of his friends walked in and said, what's the special occasion? And he said, well, you know, we're Irish. We celebrate when it's good. We celebrate when it's bad, and it's bad. I have AIDS, and I only have two to four weeks to live. So his buddies jumped in and got, had a, a beverage with him. And when they walked off, the son said, Dad, I thought you said you had cancer. He said, Son, I do, but I don't want any of them dogs chasing your mama after I'm gone. <laughs> See, Crystal, I told you it was funny. Yeah. Oh, me. Um, so... so so, man, I feel so much physically, I feel so much better this week than I felt last week. Last week was a struggle. I, I was not mentally sharp or physically sharp, but praise God, I feel better. And, and so it's uh, the last week of the sermon, and it's really going to series, and it's going to sound different, kind of, because it's a different kind of focus. <clears throat> but what we talked about so far is, is focusing. The first week, we talked a lot about the focus of our love versus God's love. And then last week, we focused on how much God loves us. But this week, is, a, is it's different. Like I said, it, it's different. And, and the subtitle, if there is subtitles, I mean, not like subtitle. Have y'all ever seen that? Y'all ever watch me on Facebook sometimes? If you don't have your noise on, it does subtitles of what I'm saying. And it gets some of them right, but most of them it does not get right. I don't know if they don't think I'm speaking English or there's a different language that they subtitle. But so the subtitle today, this week, would be, who are you listening to? So when we focus on, we've been focusing on God, right? But in our day-to-day -day life, who are you listening to? Because, well, wait a minute. Y'all might not have somebody that talks in your head constantly. I have somebody that talks in my head constantly, right? My subconscious or my other person or whoever that is talks to me constantly. And it's, I laughed, not at y'all, but I laughed at me. I actually, when I was doing communion this morning, I did something and, and I said, the voice in my head said, that's not how granddaddy did it, <laughs> right? That's not how granddaddy did it. Now, I'm sure y'all don't have anything that, can, that corrects you on a regular, right? But it's who we, when we focus on who are we listening to. And even a step further is more than who are we listening to, who do we believe? Because, you know, you hear all kind of trash, but that don't mean you believe it, right? I mean, I'm a big boy enough to understand that Superman really can't fly, right? But that doesn't mean I don't watch Superman movies. I understand the concept. But even maybe some folks do believe Superman can fly. I'm sorry if I busted your bubble. It can't. It's a green screen. It's, it's, it's okay. But it's, it's who we listening to and who do we believe. And this is a tough, 
This is a tough part of the sermon still because you've been taught, uh, we've been taught our lives to depend on our, our intellect and our understanding. And the Bible tells us to do the exact opposite of that. So if you would, to, just to start off, turn to Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. So it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, and always submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So when it well, lean not on your own understanding is tough for us. It's tough for us because we, you know, more now than ever, I don't know, I think it's crested and coming back down. But we're fairly educated as a group, right? Oh, have you ever watched any of those interviews on on the internet where they ask like what countries are here or how many states there are some of those people are not very educated right but as a whole we're a pretty educated society and we understand how things work there's not some mystery i mean you know there's a chart charting out when sunrise and sunset is from now until whenever you want to stop looking at the chart right and when we're not in the in the old west and we you know we hoping the sun's going to come up at a certain time or we we don't even know what time it is or what day it is or what year it is in the world we live in we are pretty information driven so it's even more difficult for us to not lean on our own understanding but it, when we focus on what god's word says about us right that understanding is is what we're supposed to be focused on. So that, that's kind of a contradictory statement I just made, right? To lean not on your understanding, but you need to study God's word. Yeah, you need to study God's word to where you have God's understanding. Not your own opinions, not stuff that you think that you know that you might know. It's what's the Bible say about it. And so when we're in scenarios to where things are happening, well, what's the Bible say about it? Right? Uh, turn with me to Hebrews there's, there's a couple of Hebrews in this one. <clears throat> Hebrews 3, 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your eyes and thoughts on Jesus, for whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest that he is faithful to the one who appointed him. So we're supposed to fix our thoughts on Jesus. So when we hear stuff, when we hear rumors, we hear the news, when we hear stuff happening, we should as Christians immediately focus back on what does God's word say, right? Maybe not even the news. When that voice on the inside of you that continues to harass, bombard, talk to you constantly, we should measure that to what God's word says about us, right? And, and I might be the only one that, you know, hears you're not enough, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not young enough. I mean, I'm sure y'all don't hear those not enough things. But we have, to we have to focus on what God's word says about us. You know, that I'm an heir and I'm a joint heir with Christ, that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out, that I'm led by the spirit of God. You know, that's what the Bible says about Christians. But what we do is we get focused on what the world says about us or, you know, what the 
TV says that, you know, there's monkeypox or some other crazy thing or nuclear attack or global warming or, and I don't care about any of those things. That is not on the forefront. I hear a bunch of that stuff. But what's important to me is what God's word says, right? Spoiler alert, Jesus is coming back to get us. When it ends, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And you think, well, no, I got this cousin down the road and they'll never do that. Or that guy on TV will never do that. No, no, listen to me. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter if they make fun of it. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what Hollywood says. It doesn't matter. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. See, when we lean not on our own understanding, we quit trying to figure it out for ourselves, and we start trying to figure out what God's Word says about us. That I am healed, that I am set free, that I have been redeemed from the curse. So when you focus on what you're listening to, I mean, you get into situations. I mean, look, if you work in corporate America, you get in situations where you go, hey, you know, I could lose my job or if this recession hits, my business could shut down or I got this going or I got that going or all these bad things could happen. My Bible says that he supplies all of my needs through his riches and glory. He didn't say he supplied them from this company or that company. He didn't bring me here to leave me as long as I do what I'm supposed to do. He is here with me. He is standing beside me. He is my friend. He is not going anywhere. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And what the world and, and, and the devil wants to tell you is, is that everything can separate you from the love of God. Oh, you ain't been to church in a couple weeks? Mm-mm-mm, must not be a Christian. Oh, you said a bad word in traffic? Oh, I knew you weren't a Christian. Oh, you did something you weren't supposed to do? See, I told you you weren't a Christian. God don't love you. God don't love ugly. I done heard that. God don't love ugly. That's a lie. God loved the whole world. I know plenty of ugly people God loves. That's not true. That is a lie. What we hang our hat on is what the Word of God says. And who do we listen to and who do we believe should be wrapped inside of these nice bindings here. This is who we listen to. This is who we believe. Not CNN, not Fox, not Onan, not any of the rest of them jackrabbits that put makeup on to go sit in front of a TV camera. I don't care what they say. I know what God said. And when we focus on what God says about us, all of a sudden, everything doesn't look as big. I mean, the Bible says that if God is for us, who can successfully be against us? And when you get to the idea to where you can focus on what God says about you, that I'm an overcomer, that I'm more than a conqueror, that I've been healed, that I've been set free, that I'm redeemed from the curse, that I am loved, that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out, that he has set me apart, that I'm saved, that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with him in heaven, that I'm an heir and a joint heir with Christ, then I don't care what the world says about me. What the problem is, is we get so enamored and focused on what the world says that we kind of put God's word on the back burner. Well, you know they wrote that book a long time ago. Yes, they did. And it's just as true today as it was the day that it was written. The Bible says it was the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So if you want to be focused on learning something or have an understanding, I intrigue you to be in, focused on what God's Word says about you. Hebrews 11, we right here, right? We already in Hebrews. This has always been, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm strange, I get it. When I, I read this, when I read this verse, I hear Granddaddy reading it, right? Because I've heard him read it so many times. <clears throat> now, faith is the confidence in what we've hoped for and the assurance for what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was made out of what was not, what, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Go down just a little bit to six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you get to the place in your Christian walk that you know that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, there is nothing that somebody can do on the outside of you to change your opinion. We should be so immovable. And look, man, I hear, I hear the stuff with the woke folks, and you got to be open-minded and worry about what pronouns and who's this and that, and they can change and they can change back. And That is a lie from the pits of hell. I'm sorry. I didn't design it. God did. He made male and female, and he told them to be fruitful and prosperous. His word is true forever. Forever. I don't have an open mind. I'm very closed-minded. It starts in Genesis and it ends in Revelations. That's how closed my mind is. It's written down. It's the most printed book in the history of the world. It is in all kinds of languages. It is in all kinds of translations. And, and look, I don't care what you read. You want to read the old King James, good for you. You want to read the NIV, good for you. You want to read the message, cool. I don't like it, but good for you. American Standard, English Standard, New King James, Old King James, the New International Reader's Version, whatever makes you happy. What you need to understand is, is the words that are written in this book belong to you. They are part of your lineage. They are your heritage. They are what your will what your inheritance is written on. God's will and testament is written in this book. It is very valuable to you to know what it says about you. It is very valuable to you to understand that this book is talking about us. This, we are the body of Christ. <coughs> it explains who we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be it, and why we're supposed to be it. And you go, well, I don't get that much out of it. Well, you ought to try reading it. Like I said, read whatever version you want to. But if you struggle a little bit understanding what the Bible says, right, in, in, in whatever reason, that in New International Reader's Version, that's like third grade level, it's a third, second, third grade level. That's how it's written. In plain English, it's pretty easy to understand. That's what we teach in our little people's church, where they can say all the words, minus the names and places, because you can't change them. When we focus on what God's word says about us, you cannot, it, <clears throat> when the light is bright enough, there are no shadows and there is no darkness. When the light is off, 
there's lots of shadows and lots of darkness. You understand? When we, when we know the more we have God's Word on the inside of us, the brighter the light we are to the world around us. It is the fuel that makes us the body of Christ, the hands and feet of God, to explain to people what the love of God looks like comes from knowing what God's Word says, believing it, and acting on it. And when we focus on what God's Word says about you and how you believe it and how you should act on it, it makes us better people in the community. Now, that does not mean I'm going to have popular opinions. The world don't like the biblical opinion. Satan is doing his best to tear down every ounce of credibility. And you know what I love is I, I, every once in a while I'll flip channels or whatever. And I, the other day I was flipping through just nothing because there's nothing on TV. And, and, and it was some, I just saw the title. That the, they found some evidence that proved that, the, that Noah's Ark was actually there. I didn't need their evidence. They proved that Joshua actually burnt down all those cities. I didn't need your evidence. I, I have it. I have the evidence. Speaking of Joshua, uh, <clears throat> turn with me to the book of Joshua. Ooh, I don't know if I marked it. Did I mark it? I did not mark it. Shame on me. I got to talking to Stephen and didn't do what I was supposed to do. Uh, that's okay. I know where it's at. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, and in verse 8, it says, Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, <clears throat> so that you may be careful in doing everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Do you focus on keeping God's word? Do you focus on keeping it in the tip of your tongue? Do you meditate on it? Now look, it might, it might not be that. It might be, you know, watch this. How many days before Clemson plays football, Stephen? 30, there you go. See, it might be something else that you meditate on day and night. I, you know how much it pained me to ask him that question? <laughs> you have the ability to meditate on stuff day and night. In fact, you already do. You already meditate on stuff day and night. Now, it might be that we're not going to have enough money to pay our bills or that my kids are bad or that my husband ain't doing good or my job is terrible or whatever you want to meditate on, but you already constantly are thinking about something. Y'all remember that movie, What Women Want? Y'all remember that? It was a silly movie, and he, and he got shocked, and then all of a sudden he could hear what every woman was thinking when he walked by constantly, except for his two assistants. Y'all remember that? His two assistants, when he stood in the room with them, everywhere else he could just hear what they were thinking, the two assistants, nothing. They weren't thinking about nothing. That ain't who you are. You're thinking about something constantly. You're thinking about what's going on. What are we eating for lunch? Where am I going next? What am I doing? Am I, what, what am I doing this afternoon? What am I doing tomorrow? You are constantly meditating on the things that are around you. Why is this traffic so bad? Should I get a new car? Man, do you think gas is coming back down? You think about stuff constantly. 
And when you spend time being focused on stuff that is not of God, it is a waste of energy. We should be focused on what God's Word says about us. Do not let it depart from your lips. And that's tough. I know you got kids and you got a wife and you got a job and you have to be, you know, you have to show up and do it. I get it. But we have to focus on what God's word says about us. Because if you listen to the world and their version of what God's word says about us, right? It ain't hard to find you a good, well-meaning Christian who will tell you you should be broke and sick and beat down and suffering and to be a martyr for Christ. It ain't hard. You can find those people. I just can't find it where it says it in the Bible. When he says that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out and I'm a joint heir with Christ, that I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus, I can't find that part in the Bible that we're supposed to be beat down and, and mistreated and miserable and terrible. That is not it. We are not. We are the light into the world. If you was going to listen to somebody and one is this sourpuss, beat down, destroyed, defeated, upset, worthless, in their words, Christian, or one who was blessed and healed and saved and set free and redeemed from the curse, who, who you want to listen to? I don't want to hear how bad life is. I want to hear how wonderful Jesus is. Now, that does not mean that this is all flowers and rainbows and unicorns. There are things that come against you, right? The enemy is very busy. But if you read the Bible, you understand who we are. John, <clears throat> the gospel according to John. Y'all tell I feel better this week? Man, I feel better this week. I mean, I feel a lot better this week. Who praise the Lord. Uh, the gospel according to John, uh, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to only to kill, oh, excuse me, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. To the full is not miserable laying in a ditch somewhere talking about, oh, won't it be great when we finally get to heaven and God actually loves us. The Bible says you being, get it right. Does it say heathens? If you give your children's good gifts, how much more will God give you? When we set ourselves on what God's word says about us and we focus on what God says about us, the world around us is not really relevant to us. We are aliens. This is, this is not our house. This is not where we're supposed to be. We're going home to be with Jesus. This is a short period of time that we're going to be here. Forever we're going to be with him. But while we're here, our job is to spread the good news. Now, there are a couple of things that will stop you from spreading the good news. One is, is being that busted, broke, disgusted, terrible person that nobody wants to listen to, that you complain about constantly about how everything's horrible, but you're doing it to suffer for Christ. Don't nobody want to hear what you've got to say, I promise. In fact, please stop witnessing. You're not helping. Number two is, is if you don't know what you're supposed to say. You can't be a very good witness for something if you don't know what you're supposed to say. If you don't know God's word, it's hard for some, you to tell somebody about how much God loves them. Well, you should come listen to our pastor. He'll tell you how much God loves them. 
we are supposed to go out and throughout the world and spread the gospel and the good news and heal the sick, right? All of those things. But if you don't know, what's that thing Hosea says? Hosea says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that's twofold. One is you're not a very good witness if you don't have any knowledge. Two is if you don't know what God's word says about you, then when the enemy comes against you and says, <clears throat> you ain't never going to be no more, you ain't young enough, you ain't skinny enough, you ain't pretty enough, you ain't smart enough, you just accept all of that. And then what happens? You become this miserable person who has a set of beliefs, a set of values that are based on something that is a lie. You understand what I'm saying? That when we start to figure out who we are in God, when we focus on what God's word says about us and who we are and where we come from and what we're supposed to be, that's based off of what God's promises are to us. But if you listen to the world's version of that, <coughs> it does not line up with the Bible. And if you accept the world's version of what that is, what happened? You allowed the enemy, the defeated enemy, the one who is only there to steal, to kill, and to destroy, to have control over your life. That's pretty sad. That's not a good place to be. We are fighting a defeated foe. And sometimes we let him win. I don't get it. <clears throat> Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> oh, chapter 10, verse 3. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of... <clears throat> Of the world, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against what? Sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So what is that? That's pretty near everything. That's anything that is contradictory to what the Word of God says. That we are supposed to tear down those strongholds, not beef them up. We are supposed to come against all imaginations and all of the things that sets itself up against God's Word. Not take them for the gospel, but we make it captivity at every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now that's tough, right? But that is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare at its finest <clears throat> is hearing that voice saying that you're not enough, that God don't love you, that you're alone, that he left you, that he's never coming back for you, that you're on your own. And telling that voice exactly that and saying, no, 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 no. He loved me so much that nothing can separate me from the love of God. He will never leave me and he will never forsake me. <clears throat> Everything that goes through your head goes on a scale, should go to on a scale. Is this of God or is this not of God? 
is this of God or is this not of God? Granddaddy used to say when God would tell him to do something he didn't want to do, he'd say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And it would stay right there. And he was like, okay, well, that's of God. I'll go about doing what I'm supposed to do. But everything that we come in contact with, we should set up on a scale. Does this line up with what God's word says about me? Because if the answer is no, then why are you listening? You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your kids. You're going to lose your spouse. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough education. You're never going to be enough. Nobody will ever love you. All of those things, did they line up with God's word? So why are you listening? Because when we focus on what God's word says about us, we know what God's word says about us. And we're not guessing, well, maybe that is God. Maybe God does want me to lose my job and, and starve and, and have my kids be homeless and living in a ditch where I can come to know him better, where I can know how much he loves me. I know that sounds funny, but I know stupid people who sell that same lemon juice stuff. He says he'll never leave me and never forsake me. That I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. That I'm an heir of Christ. Did he love me so much that he died on the cross for me? He didn't love me so much that he died on the cross for me if I behaved like I was supposed to and never said anything bad, came to church every Sunday and, and didn't do anything I wasn't supposed to do. That is not in the equation. It said God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That's the world outside, not the ones that, right? Got it? So we had to focus on it. Every thought and the imagination and everything that comes up, is it God or is it not of God? Because I'm going to promise you, if you ever get to the place, if you ever get to the crossroads to where you decide, if it's not of God, it does not concern me, you will have a lot less stress, you will have a lot less worry and dread, things will all of a sudden not bother you as much. But as long as you are easily tossed to and fro, well, they said that we're going to get monkeypox. Oh, I don't know if we're going to have enough money. Gas is going to $8. I don't care. He is going to supply all of my needs through his riches and glory. Regardless of what the dollar does, regardless of what anybody does. I don't care who any elected official or any, anybody else says. If it does not line up with what God's word says, I'm not focusing on it and I don't care. And I'll try to be a good citizen while I'm doing it. And I don't watch the news because I don't want to hear what those jack legs have got to say either. I don't care. If it doesn't line up with what God's word says, I can't waste time or effort or focus on it. Y'all got it? Everything that sets itself up against the word of God, that's what we're tearing down. That's what we're coming against. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises that you've given us, Father, that, that we are healed and we are saved and we are set free. And we just thank you and praise you for everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.